Hello and welcome to another exclusive Talk Norwich City podcast. I am delighted today, really excited actually, I've wanted this one for a while, to be joined by former Norwich City midfield youngster, under 18s and 23s captain, 12 years in the City Academy. It's only Alfie Payne. Alfie, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. How's, how's life treating you? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Obviously, um, it's not the best of times for anyone right now with the um, current state of the state of the world. But uh, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We are <laughs> sure doing. Lot, I'm sure there's a lot of people out wondering who that was. This, but um, hopefully they can <laughs> listen to my story and it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, that intro. I'm re- oh, seriously, Alfie. I'm, I'm really, um, genuinely interested to get as much insight from you today because I think people will find it really interesting. And, you know, getting under the bonnet of the Norwich City Academy, seeing all of like the mechanics, how it works and really dive deep into that. But Alfie, to kick things off, let's take you right back to the beginning. And I I doubt it you'll even remember this. I'll be impressed if you do. When was the first time you walked through the Colney Gates and and how did that feel? Yeah, well, it's um, funny you should say, like, do you remember it or not? Because I actually... um... I, there's a bit of a story about the first time I ever went, so I do actually remember it to be fair. Okay, right. um, so when the, uh, you first start start at a young age, I don't know how it is right now, but for me, when I was like six, seven years old or whatever, there's um we used to do these things once a month. We used to do these things called games nights, right. where um they'd get like thirty local boys or whatever, six, seven year olds, and um go in and just play matches, like just a bit of fun, really. So um I remember getting the letter, or my parents obviously opened the letter and then rang me because. I was not home that I'd been invited to this first like games night or whatever. So obviously quite excited, but the first games night typically fell when I was in Manchester seeing some family friends. So um, if I was the parent, I'd be like, yeah, you can just go a different week. Don't worry about that. But knowing my parents and how much they um give up for me or whatever, my dad drove me home for it. So um, nice. so he actually drove me home for the first, for my first ever games night or whatever, all the way from Manchester. So it was, um, quite a commute for one for a little uh few five-a-side matches but I guess you could say it was probably worth it in the end <laughs> what age were you Alfie um young then so I started that when I was probably six or seven um yeah it probably would have been the year when I turned seven so I would have been six when I first went there um and and, and, and who had the conversation I, I assume it was with your parents rather than yourself like who actually said oh th- this kid's got something here like w- did it work like that how did it work no it, no it's not like that at the first at first it's just um a bit of fun really for the like the local lads to get in and we just played matches um obviously Colin Watson I'm sure a lot of Norwich fans know was taking um taking the sessions along with a few others and it was just a bit of fun we did it once a month had like a kick basically it's basically just a kick about a little five-a-side tournament with the local boys who are obviously good at football as well so it was um so it's a good standard or whatnot um so I did that for a year, um, the like under sort of seven age. And then for the under eights age, they sort of um, started getting a bit more regular. We did once a week. We just did training. Um, and then under nines, it starts the academy properly, um, which is obviously then when I started training properly of Norwich and under nines. So so really, you you snuck into the the Colney pearly gates, didn't you? You you kind of snuck in there on a casual basis. And then it yeah. Kind of- yeah. And they, yeah, exactly. They built it up. So it was always so it was never like too much of a shock to the system, I guess. I, when you're young obviously if you go from nothing to all of it all at one time then it might be a bit of a um might be nervous or whatever because I was just going gradually went from a bit of fun to then more serious well not really serious but like leveled up a little bit I guess I just could feel it coming sort of thing 
and you're a Norwich boy as well, Alfie, right? So, and, yeah. I, and I've read online that you you are you were, I'm not sure if you still are, a season ticket holder. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I do actually still have a season ticket. That's not really mine anymore. It's my family's. Um, we have two we have two tickets between us. Um, obviously, I now. Pun. Where do you sit? Uh, Barclay. Lower but or upper? Upper, unfortunately. Oh, so, a bit more so not, classy. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not a proper Barkley boy. But, um, no, yeah, I've got a ticket there. Um, obviously, I can't go anymore because I play matches on a Saturday and stuff. But, like, I got to a few games last year, like Man United and Leicester, when they weren't on the Saturday. Yeah. And and so, and then I guess you you would have gone for quite a few years. What what was your first, what was your favourite game as a season to go older when you've actually gone? Pick one, only one. Just give me one. One game, one game. Uh, oh, playoff semi-final, uh, Ipswich. Oh, of course. That was yeah. just... Yeah. No, yeah, that was, that was something else, wasn't it? That was. I was I was actually also a season tick holder in the Upper Barclay for many years, 12 years before I went down into the riffraff with Jack. And um, I remember being like, oh, I really want to climb down from the Upper and go on the pitch with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, nah. I know what you mean though, yeah. We um no nah, that yeah, that was definitely the the best one for me. But also like I know we didn't end up staying up, but I remember Newcastle, um Newcastle at home towards the end of the season, which we did end up going down. But I thought that I thought when we won that game we were gonna stay up, which obviously unfortunately we didn't, but I remember that being a good one as well. No, it was, it was. Um right, let let's get into the meaty stuff now then, Alfie. Um yeah. you, you you signed your first pro contract twenty eighteen. I, I can't imagine how special that must have been for you, considering that you are a Norwich fan. Like I can't get my head around it. Like I don't think I would be able to personally, I don't think I'd be able to cope. Like, it's something that I've always applauded Angus Gunn for. I don't know how he stood in between the sticks for Norwich. I know it's like first team level, but even just to get a pro contract, like what what did that feel like as as such a young guy? Yeah, obviously, like you're over the moon, aren't you? Like you've from the age of whatever six and seven when I first first started going to Norwich. That's that's what you work towards. You want to become a pro footballer. Obviously, it's a, it's a bit different when you're in the situation when you're when you're there because although a pro contract from the outside is a pro contract and that's like all you've ever worked for, you're still not quite there. Because for yeah. me, for me, my goal was always like regards to the contract. My goal was always to play for Norwich first team. So, um, unfortunately, I got close, didn't quite get there. You never know what might happen in the future. But, um, mm. but uh, yeah, so obviously over the moon and delighted when they told you because obviously at that point you're, you're unsure where you're going to go, whether you're going to take the football route or whether you're going to have to go somewhere else and do something else. So when they told you, obviously, relief and you're over the moon and um, like, it's a great feeling and whatnot and obviously parents are proud and everything. But um, for me personally, it was, it was just another stepping stone to hopefully getting towards the end goal which obviously I can now look there and say not quite yet, but um, at that point, at that point, that's where you're still looking. I think there's no point mm. getting carried. There's no point getting carried away with a pro contract because maybe to people outside of football, that does sound like a massive achievement, which it is. It's a big achievement, yeah. but um, but when you're inside it, you're just still looking to the next thing. You're always looking to the next like goal almost, which the pro contract was good, but you're then looking for the next pro contract or for the t- chance to get on the bench for the first team and then so on, etc. So obviously. Don't get me wrong, over the moon with it, but it's, you're still when you're in that in the environment, you're still looking for the next thing almost. And and you've 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 kind of like perfectly teed up the up the next question, Alfie, because of course <laughs> you got onto the bench for the first, and a lot of people will know you from that. 
a lot of people's eyebrows were raised. Who's who's this Alfie geezer? Of yeah. course, Sheffield Wednesday, third November, twenty eighteen. That's the one. Day for my dad's birthday. <laughs> I love it. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. so it would have been a nice birthday present if I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so annoying. Um, no, so obviously we, we we won that game four 0 but there was obviously a bit of a bit of an injury crisis before the game, which which meant that you you were well and truly in the mix. Just talk me through that selection. Did Mister Farker come up to you and say you're in, or how how did it work? So um, you're gonna think I'm making it up, but then there's another little story to this one as well. <laughs> so yeah, um, so they, uh, we. Um, the 23s were the schedule was um like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off or something like that. I can't remember now. And um, but basically I was had a day off on the Wednesday of that week. So I'm like lying at home, obviously, relaxing. Um, just had my breakfast, chilling out. It's probably like nine o'clock in the morning. And I've got a phone call and I'm thinking, oh no, like from a sports scientist, uh Jay Easter Smith. I'm thinking, oh no, surely I've not like got the days wrong and I'm meant to be in training or something. I'm going to get slapped with a fine or something. I'm like, please, no. So I sort of like gingerly pick it up. All right, Jay, what's, how, how's it going? He's like, yeah, all good. He's like, um, the first thing we're training this afternoon and um, like they want you to get involved. And then he's like, and there's a few injuries. So I think it'd be a good idea. And obviously, like, it didn't need to say that straight away. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. What time sort of thing straight away? Mm-hmm already throwing your Weebix out the window yeah exactly (laughs) packing my bag to get in straight away or whatever so um so then I went in like went in straight away got ready for training or not then training in the afternoon and I think it was a day after a game so there was like the um people that didn't play 90 minutes of training so like Mm -hmm. the the people on the bench and stuff so it was just it was just me and them lot training so um trained on that day like did well trained well whatever and then um then obviously Chris Chris said to me, or Chris and Glenn, I think it was, they said, oh yeah, we like the Ted said the first team schedule for the rest of the week. So I'm thinking, sort of like adding it up in my head, thinking, well, that's, that sounds all right, getting involved for the rest of the week or whatever. So wow. um so then trained uh trained the Thursday, Friday, I think. Um and then tra- trained on the Friday morning. And like, as you can imagine, um sort of like in my in my head doing the maths about who's fit and who's not and how many players they need and stuff <laughs> so i'm thinking hang on a second if it, if it stays how it is i could be in a chance here so um i trained again on the next two days whatever done done well done well or whatever and um then chris domagala said to me um make sure on the Thursday, he said make sure you got your stuff tomorrow because we're traveling overnight like friday night um to sheffield so I was like, yeah, no worries. Obviously getting a, getting a bit excited <laughs> coming home and telling my parents and traveling to Sheffield or whatever. So um, no, that was definitely good, definitely a good feeling. And then when we ch- we trained the Friday and then I just stayed at Colney for the rest of the day and then we traveled up um, in the evening. And um, I think, because it, it was just me who trained with the first team at that point. And then um, Todd, I think it might've been Todd or one of the, one of the boys was um, like 50-50 and then it was a no in the end. So then we were kind of thinking, hang on, we're going to need another player here. And then, uh, then Chris Chris Domagala came in the change room, and we all sat in the twenty three change room. And he goes, "Timmy," so then everyone just looks at each other, and is like, "Yeah, <laughs> he's the other one." So, was, um, so then he told, obviously, Chris then told Timmy, um, he's traveling as well, which almost made it nice, like not yeah. not that I needed it, but made it nice that I had someone someone um, experiencing the same thing as me. So yeah. yeah, so then me and Timmy um got on the bus and traveled up the Friday evening and stayed over, and then then it was only actually. Like obviously at that point you're thinking oh, like we're on the bench this should be good but obviously you're not you're never too sure so then there was um 
was then uh, the next morning in the team meeting where you walk in and you actually see your name like 40 pain on the team sheet and the bench that's when it kind of like kicks in that you're actually you're actually there sort of thing so now it's a um, surreal experience to be fair it's what you always what I've, what I've dreamed of all my life really so mate I, I literally like you can see my I'm, I'm just I'm buzzing <laughs> even though it's then I'm still buzzing right so I've got a few questions for you you've got three questions off the back of that yeah but, We've, we've got this in joke at TNC that Chris Domagala has got this tattoo of Norwich Cathedral on his arm, and he's just this absolute hard nut. What what is Chris Domagala like? Is he is he a good guy? Is he is he quite fierce? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he is quite like. Obviously, I've not spent loads of time with him. I've just had like little glimpses of him, and I think I think like the twenty three players would tell you that he is quite um does seem quite fierce. Uh, obviously, quite like. But I think as a sports scientist, you almost have to be as the head sports yeah. scientist because you're the one telling everyone to do the gym programs, which some people don't want to do and do the runs that some people don't want to do. So I think you have to got to be a bit fierce. Um, but no, nah, whenever I've spoke to him, he's always been friendly. So um, no, nah, I think it's uh, not not as bad as people think. <laughs> and then my, my next question off the, off the back of that, that great, great process is, what is it like sitting on the first team coach? I know this sounds so ridiculous. No, nah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to be like, oh, it's just it's just a bus ride, Chris. But like, what is it like being on the first team coach going to a game? Like, what sort of mm. conversations are happening? Are people talking? Is it just music in? What's the sort of vibe? No, nah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's um from outside the the whole thought of like getting a coach together is uh obviously not many people experience this sort of thing. So um obviously when we're going on there, you're a bit like obviously there's no names on seats, but everyone has their seat do you know what I mean like even at <laughs> e- even even at 23's level like we all had our seats when we were going to games or whatnot so you kind of like you're walking on you're thinking oh where am I going to sit because you don't want to sit in someone else's seat because it's going to come and be like that's my seat move sort of thing whose so, um, who seat did you not want to sit on <laughs> whose seat did I not want to sit on no nah, I didn't I, I wasn't thinking like that in fairness um but anyway so I got on the uh, got on the bus and luckily obviously ben max or whatever like me and timmy good mates of them so um there was no problems there ben just said oh these two seats are normally free so sit on those two so me and timmy went on a two with ben marshall and um might have been mo lightner to be fair i can't remember exactly but we just sat sat there um yeah just this once once you're on there it's uh pretty once you're seated then you're pretty standard um we just chatted really like obviously everyone some people put headphones in listen to music some people watch things on like documentaries or whatever netflix but some people obviously chat and we had a little had a chat some of the stories you hear are quite funny obviously um just like because obviously all of them or not all of them but like people like ben marshall they've been in the game for so long haven't they they've got all yeah. sorts of stories so um nah, quite entertaining to be fair it's quite uh was it wasn't a bad trip <laughs> I, I get the impression it's kind of almost like the calm before the storm so there's not necessarily lots of tactical conversations going on it's more oh, no. like just chip just chill out because we're about to kind of get into that sort of process is, is that fair to say oh yeah definitely so like on the friday night when we we're driving up to um driving up to sheffield there's not really much mention of like actual like the game tomorrow sort of things just like everyone doing their own thing just either as i said watching netflix listening to music or just chatting about anything like we were, obviously we're footballers but we don't we don't just talk about football 24 <laughs> 7 of course, of course. <laughs> and and then my, my final point on that story Alfie is um so that did you call it the breakfast meeting or the tactics meeting the the morning no, of the pre, pre-match pre-match yeah, meeting. so, so like the, the meeting just for the match here yeah so the pre-match meeting um 
what's that like is is that like right is serious now is daniel farker out there with his like with his like whiteboard like writing on stuff or like what is that process do do they call you out by one one by one like who's in the team or how does it work no no so um on the there's there's a meeting on the friday which um which i which i went into uh which is obviously where they go into a lot of detail on the opposition which was quite interesting to me, to be fair, because that's the first time I've been in a in a first in a first team meeting as such. And um, obviously, we do analysis on the opposition at twenty threes level, but um, like obviously, it's a bit more, almost more more details and more specific when um doing that because obviously there's a there's a lot on the line. So um, went in that meeting. They're quite long meetings, to be fair. Um, gaffer videos of so obviously videos of Sheffield Wednesday, and um, like in session, out of session, and all sorts, and then set pieces and just gives like. How how Norwich are going to hurt Sheffield Wednesday? Like how Norwich are going to play to to beat Sheffield Wednesday? So that's obviously very interesting. Um, so he went in that meeting on the Friday morning, so that's the day before, and then on the Saturday, it's like it's like similar. Like he makes the points again, or or whatever. When it, on the Saturday that I was there, anyway, similarly makes like the similar points again, but it's just a bit more condensed, so a bit more quick through. Because obviously, just for the game, you don't want to be sat there mm-hmm. for an hour watching your position. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit quicker, and he the gaffer just says like. What the so he said what the game meant it was like like obviously that was a chance to go top for top for us wasn't it that day which we did go top so um he just he was just saying a bit about the game and what he expects us and stuff like that but for me with the team and stuff like that um he basically has it on a white or when I went in there he had it on a whiteboard already so as you walk in you see the team so obviously you're looking, looking. looking like, am I in am I in <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's just a down like a whiteboard so you you look and see if you can see your name and then obviously that's when I then spot the name. Yeah, that was um quite like obviously. Then you get a little bit of nerves kicking. You think this is real? Do you know what I mean? We'll get we'll get on to we'll get on to Mr. Farker in a minute because I cannot wait to ask you about. Him. But before we go there, Alfie, I know you were a bench warmer on that day. No offense. But, no, yeah, I would <laughs> hold my hands up. <laughs> but no, no, but incredible experience. When you're on when you're on that bench watching the game. Is there ever this element of oh god, like I wish something could happen so I could I can come on, or or are you like because I can imagine as like a young guy, you're like I really want my shot, I really need a bit of luck, but I can imagine someone potentially older is more like they've got their head around the team more, or I don't know, like wh- where were you at in that game? Did you think that you were gonna have a chance? Were you hoping it, or or what what was going through your head? Well, yeah, obviously everyone wants to play football. So um, that would have been like a dream come true to come on or whatever. So I was like hoping, I, I didn't know whether it was going to happen, but I was hoping that I might get an opportunity. Um, uh, obviously, we, we were doing so well at the time as well. We were 4-0 up. So I think I think when it went 3-0 up, I think that's when I was thinking, oh, come on, please. I was like, <laughs> running up and down the line, warming up, making sure I look ready. So um, obviously I was like hoping at that point. And I think Bet. Ben had mentioned because Ben actually what didn't start that game if I remember correctly. Ben had mentioned he said, "Oh, he normally subs the midfielder on towards the end, so make sure you're ready." So I was thinking, "Oh my god, please, <laughs> please!" But um, obviously, so what, wasn't... Were you, what were you doing to get? Were you get, doing anything to like get Daniel's attention? Were you like <clears throat> like coughing and like doing nah. the top stretches and? <laughs> <laughs> nah, obviously, like you just make sure make sure you go. I think it's like every twelve minutes or whatever. You make sure you go and warm up. Just make sure you're ready if if you're ever needed, sort of thing. So. I was making sure I, I was just making sure I did that. So if he ever if he ever needed me, then I, w- I would be ready to come on. Obviously, unfortunately, I didn't get the opportunity. But um, that's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? And obviously, the team won, so they were they were obviously like happy for the team at the same time. And yeah, it was a good experience all round. 
Um, right, let, let's get on to the onto the more meaty stuff now. Something that I'm going to ask you politely to answer. <laughs> I I am fascinated, and I mean seriously fascinated with specifically what goes on at half time under a Daniel Farker team. I got bad news for you. Subs wow. don't go in. Subs don't go in at half time. Oh, oh God, yeah. So I can't. Oh, I've, I've got no. I've got no juicy information okay. for you there. Okay, so. no, that's fine. But okay, so let me let me change the question then. So pre-match and post-match, what is Daniel Farker's demeanor like? Like, is, is he quite a calm guy on match days? Is he quite sort of like? Does he ever get irate, or is he always quite calm? Because I feel like in the media. He's like a very softly spoken German fellow. That's, that's I'm sure, a lovely bloke. But I, I do wonder, like, where is he out on a match day? What is his attitude like? Yeah. Um, so whenever the, the times that I was in there, I was obviously before the game, which he was like chilled out, um, relaxed, said like his bit. But it's the same as you would see him in an interview, really, like the same sort of tone, nothing yeah. to... Um, nothing too aggressive from what I saw and then obviously I went in there at the end of the game when we'd just won four and then gone top of the league so um I don't yeah. think any, I don't think he had anything to be angry about there either um but no um I I'm pretty sure he can um give like the hair dry or whatever because I've heard um I have I've heard a few stories of when he's um not been too happy with the players and um he's let them know but, <laughs> but yeah. really okay interesting <laughs> but, <laughs> But that's not first hand, so I, I can't I can't really comment. <laughs> I wouldn't cry too much because I, I know that I know that you've got some some buddies in that team as well, of which we're now going to talk about. Adam Eder. Yeah. Burst onto the scene in the in the last few months. Um, you know, Premier League restart. And I think a lot of Norwich fans have just been absolutely buzzing for him to just just, just to play, like even yeah. start. And every time he comes on, he his energy is excellent, his touch is brilliant. He's just got this this aura about him, like he wants the ball and he's gonna do something with it. You played with him a lot. How? Yeah, a lot. What do you, What do you rate? Um, where, where do you rate Adam Eder and, and how far do you think he can go? No, yeah, obviously the the top player isn't he? Um, strong, quick, and obviously can score goals as well, which you've seen loads of times for Ireland. Scored once for twice for Norwich, is it? If you include the penalty. Uh, he, um, and the and the hat trick uh, against Preston. Oh, of course, oh, well. yeah. Well, that's that says all you need to know. That um, that three goals against Preston, they were, they were quite something, weren't they? Um, mm, yeah. yeah, that game. Obviously, that was a great game for Adam. He's not going to play like that every week, but um, that game just shows the Norwich fans what he's about, isn't it? The I think the the composure for the long distance one, and then the the one where he burst through the middle and showed his showed his strength and um his power or whatever to score that goal with a clean, clinical finish as well. No, nah, he's obviously a top talent. Um, you never know where players are going to go because obviously Max has done unbelievably, but I never thought he'd be getting linked with Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? So um, you never know where you never know where players will end up. But um, he's got he's got he's got all the attributes, as you say, to um to, to go wherever he wants to. Um, I remember one of my like best best memories of Adam on a football pitch would probably be um we played an FA Youth Cup game. Actually, two to be fair. We played one was an FA Youth Cup game against Barnsley, where I think I think we were one all or nil nil or something. And he's um someone's played in the ball and he's got a defender on his shoulder and he's just literally just shrugged the defender off, like pushed him away, and the defender's fallen to the ground. And Adam's gone, Adam's gone through and scored, which obviously just shows shows um 
shows like his strength and whatnot. And also as uh, a goal he scored against Man City when we drew one one of them, I think, where he scored and like nicked the ball off someone on the halfway line, dribbled and scored or whatever. So um yeah, he's a he's a, he's a top player. Where yeah. he'll end, he end up, it's always hard to tell, but um, no, nah, he's a good player. Yeah, he is a baller. And speaking of ballers, let's talk about your buddy, Danny Alves, a.k.a. Max Alves. <laughs> Come on. Let's... I wonder where you're going there. I was thinking, Danny Alves, he's not my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, blind me, brilliant. And, uh, on a serious note, let, let, let's let's really talk about Max because I know I know that you, you're good friends of him and you obviously grew up with him. I think it's fair to say, you know, in terms of um, your your time at Norwich, um, particularly the the twenty threes. Uh, what, what's he like as a bloke, and and how impressed with him have you been? Yeah, definitely. It's what what he's done is unbelievable, really, isn't it? You can't um can't fault. There's literally no fault for him at all. Um, so I first met Matt. So obviously I played against Max a few times when I was younger. Um, he used to be at like Luton and then I played against him a few times, whatever, I played against him when he was at Tottenham as well. Um, the first time I ever met Max properly, like to speak to him, whatever, was under 14 preseason. So he came in like on, on trial or whatever, under 14s. And um, funny, he'd actually forgot his boots. So I don't know if he'll even remember this story, but I bought, I lent, I lent him my boots on that day. <laughs> well, so, you're the reason then, Alfie. Maybe you're the reason, because if he so, hadn't brought his boots, then he wouldn't have had the chance. So he was wearing some um, old school Kaufman Dials that I gave him <laughs> from, the, from the bottom of my bag. Um, so he trained there, then we did a gym session afterwards. And, um, and then I didn't see him again for two years. Obviously, I don't know why why that was, whether he had got a better offer or whether Norwich just said no at that point, but I then didn't see him for two years again until under 16s where he then came back um came back and i think he came might have been after christmas or something came back and was then on trial again so i had like another had like three or four weeks or whatever and he was actually playing center mid star of so it was actually me me fun i never knew that yeah yeah when he first came on when he's at tottenham and stuff he was playing played midfield against him and um when he came back uh when he came back to Norwich, he came on trial as a centre midfielder, like a number 10 almost. So it was me, my mate Bilal and Max used to play in the field for a few games until um, until I don't know who it was, which manager, which coach decided. They said, Max, we want to we want to play you at right back. And I don't know who that was, but well yeah, done. Fine. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> They've made Norwich a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, so he then went right back for a few games on trial and then... He obviously played well or better than he was in playing in midfield anyway. Played well at right back. So um they decided they said, Yeah, we want to we want to sign you. Um so he then signed like under sixteens or whatever, we played towards the end of under sixteens, played like the hospital cup match, which against Ipswich, um, played in that and was um fully converted to a right back for the under eighteen season coming up. Brilliant. So yeah, so um, I don't know who to start who made that decision in the uh, academy coaching ranks, but um it was the right decision, clearly, wasn't it? <laughs> Last him. We'll, we'll get out of him. I'll, uh, I'll I'll drop him a line. Um, Alfie, and then and and spe speaking of which, speaking of Ipswich, of course, he made his debut against Ipswich away. Hell yeah. of a game to make your debut. Do you? Yeah. Were you like messaging before that when he knew, or like what what was the situation with that? Do you remember that time? Yeah. So um, so I remember because sometimes they do like some team shape before um and max and like, i didn't see it myself but i'd got wind that people were like you know i think max might be playing you know and we we're all thinking what oh, ipswich away max is going to make his debut <laughs> obviously like buzzing for him like what firstly yeah. what a game like um, firstly to make your debut full stop <laughs> like amazing and then against um 
for it to be against Ipswich away, it's like, is that is that the right decision? Like, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, isn't there? And he said, like, I remember him telling me how ner- like how nervous he was when he first went out there, but he's done done himself well, didn't he? And then the rest is history, like quite literally. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, I just remember that day, he's just so confident. Um, Alfie, let's, let's go back to you now. I'm, I'm going to ask you a bit of a, a bit of a hard question, I think. Yeah. Do you think you were given the fair opportunity to succeed at Norwich? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a tough question, isn't it? Because obviously, like for myself personally, I, I have one opinion, but then like it's hard to judge yourself sometimes because obviously I, I think I'm the best in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, obviously, obviously not. But um, but no, everyone obviously it's a game of it's football's a game of opinions, isn't it? And everyone has a different decision, different opinion on each player. Um, right from Ronaldo, Messi to me or somebody else. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a decision. Everyone's got an opinion on different players. Um, obviously, I would have I would have loved to get get the opportunity to train a bit more with the first team or play games with play games for the first team whatever but um it didn't didn't happen didn't happen like that in the end um yeah it's it's a tough one because obviously I've been there for so long so many people would say that I've had all the opportunity in the world to prove to prove myself which like I guess in a way I have because if I if I'd done as well as some other boys then maybe I would would be sitting here now like after playing 40 games away from Norwich so I think it's a hard question because obviously I have had opportunity because I've been in the building, but at the same time, you always want more opportunity. You always want more chances to show the gaffer what you can do. Do you know what I mean? So I'm a, obviously a, like a, not not upset, but disappointed that I never never quite got there. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's life sometimes, and you got got to then move on and take the next step. And hopefully, I'll be back up there one day in the future. But um, of course you will. Of course you will. Yes. And Alfie, fair play, mate. Fair play. I'm going to say that. Fair play. I applaud you for that because. It's really honest for you to say, well, actually, I was there for a while. So you could argue that you did have ample chances. So I've got a lot of respect for you to to actually admit that, because I think footballers might sometimes have, as you've quite rightly analysed, that ego of, well, come on, I'm better than everyone else. So fair play to you, mate. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, just just on that, I think obviously, like, you've got to be confident within yourself. So I'm confident that if, if I was given the chance, I would have been able to do a, do a good job or whatever. But obviously... Some re- for one reason or another, whether it's because they had a lot of midfielders already, or whether it's because they just didn't quite see. They personally didn't think I was good enough. I don't know what the reason is, but for one reason or another, it didn't happen. Which obviously I'm disappointed about. But you got to go on again, haven't you? There's nothing I can do about it now. I can't. I've worked hard and I've done it. Like I know I've done everything that I could in yeah. the last in the last eight years or whatever. I've um, worked hard as as hard as anyone. So. Obviously, I haven't got the reward for it quite yet, but you never know. Hopefully, one day I'll get the get the you reward will. that I that I feel I deserve. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see it. Talk it into existence. For yeah, a exactly. Um, you know, another tough question, and I don't, I don't, you know, want to make you feel miserable, but I feel like no, I, have, I feel like I have to a little bit, mate. I have to yeah. pry. Yeah. You you were obviously in in the building as you've said for for twelve years. That's 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 a long time. Like, that's a long time. And then just talk, if you don't mind, just talk me through the emotion of, of finding out that it wasn't going to be at Norwich at this time. Like, what, what was that like when when you left the club? That must have been just really difficult. Again, as a Norwich fan, must have been so difficult. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's tough, isn't it? Like, my dream is to play for Norwich. And then all of a sudden, i got someone telling me that's not going to happen. Obviously, it's not like you can't you can't sugarcoat it. It's a, it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Like, you've 
your dream has just been mm. almost torn up in front of you. So there's no um, there's no nice way to be told in a way. I, yeah. I have, the way I was told was was slightly odd. It was um more informal than I was expecting. But um, I was kind of left left when I was told. I was kind of left. Have I just been told that I'm getting released or not? I was, so I had to go. I had to go clarify with um with, with Clive, the player care manager. So um, it's a bit of an odd way to find out, but mm. nonetheless, I did um I did find out. And obviously, like you go home and like it's hard. It's, like, there's no there's no denying the fact that it's hard mentally. Like football's a tough game. Um, yeah. Obviously, when when it's going well, football's the best thing in the world. But when it's not going well, as I'm sure there's lots of people. That I've had bad experiences will tell you it's, it, it can be tough, but um, I think I'm quite. I would like to think I'm quite mentally strong, and um, I'd like to think that's one of my strengths in a way. So I think I've um, dealt with it as as best as I could. Uh, there's obviously times where you're thinking, oh, like why did it have to happen like that sort of thing? But it's mm. you, you can't change it. It's someone's opinion, and that's 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 how it's going to be, especially when it's the people at the top when they decide something. There's there's no going back. Mm. So um. Obviously, when I found out it was tough, um, I carried on training there um, and playing for Kings Lynn because obviously I was just because some boys leave straight away. But for me, I, I was never really interested in that because I was on loan at Kings Lynn. So I wanted to carry on training um, day in, day out because there's no point. Obviously, you might you might you might Stop. feel you might feel a bit of like a bit of annoyance or whatever that you mm -hmm. that some players are there next year and you're not. But there's no point not turning up to training and no point leaving because that's that's valuable time which you can be using the facilities to get better almost so um so I still rocked up to training every day and David Wright the 23s coach always like got me in this, got me in sessions whenever because obviously my schedule of Kings Inn was a bit different to the 23 schedule so but he always um whenever I wanted to train he always got me involved um in the session so mm. I can always can thank him for that but no um Obviously, in a way, the COVID situation probably made it easier because because no one else was there anyway. <laughs> cause, no, because I because I never had a last day, so I never, oh. well obviously obviously I had a last day, but I never had a last day which I knew was going to be my last day. So I um so my last day at Norwich was actually like a Friday before a game for me on Saturday. So I trained the Friday, mm. and it was expecting them being the next Monday, but obviously then I got the message like Colney shut down, mm. and then just got delayed delayed so then I never so I never actually had a last day which in a way I'm actually quite happy about because I don't know how I would have reacted I'm sure I would have been fine but like saying goodbye to everyone's never nice is it in life yeah. when you've got to say goodbye to people so I'm sure I would have been fine but in a way it's, it was quite quite a nice relief that I didn't have to do the whole yeah I'm going now goodbye sort of thing <laughs> yeah mate I know I, again like I just I honestly tip my hat to you mate I applaud and then what a fantastic attitude to have with regards to continuing your your training to develop yourself in, of course, you know, some fantastic facilities. You, yeah, exactly. You, you touched on on it a little bit there, Alfie. I want to talk about, just before we go to, to Kings Lynn, I want to talk about Neil Adams and the role he plays. How does that work? Because he's the loan manager, but um, just forgive me for, for being a bit ignorant here. What, what, what's that like? What sort of relationship did you have with Neil Adams when you were at Kings Lynn on loan? How did that work? Um, so... Sorry, he um so with the with Neil Adams who he asked you to um after each game to call him. Um doesn't say much, just call him, just say like he just asks you how it went, sort of thing, say how you went. It's it's not it's not a big chat, two minutes or whatever. So I guess just to keep on top of you. He came and watched me twice, I think, obviously, which is like keep tabs on it, sort of thing. Yeah. But um no, it doesn't have 
once once you're there once you're in the building it doesn't have loads of involvement obviously you can go and like his doors open you can go see him whenever you want so i went and saw him a few times about it but um but yeah when, once you're there i guess he just keeps he just keeps tabs on you and uh, feeds back i'm guessing is um I, I don't know how much contact he has with the managers because that's that's then not that's not to do with me whether he speaks to managers or not i'm not too sure um mm-hmm. but with me personally yeah he's just always open to talk if you need it um but yeah it's not not loads of involved i wouldn't say for me personally i don't know about other people but for me personally i wouldn't say there was there was lots and lots of involvement because because like once you're there you're sorted sort of thing but obviously mm-hmm. i still i still chat to him once a week just gave him the lowdown on what was happening and he's like gave any advice or any anything that i should be doing he would then let me know sort of thing so no it's it is um helpful definitely oh, it's, mate, it's interesting insight thank you for sharing and 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 now let, let's go to king's lynn how how's it been and how's it been so far your journey there i know it's probably been really weird because of obviously everything that's happened and happening right now and and i really want to understand from you what's it like working on the cully who of course is was a proper superstar at norwich what's it been like at, at king's Lynn for you so far yeah so obviously i was there on loan last year um i signed literally like signed my loan forms or whatever like the um the day before the first game of the season so i came in a bit late well obviously i was there for the first game but i hadn't done like the pre-season yeah. or anything i hadn't been training with them so um came in a bit late so obviously had the first few games on the bench or whatever and then got myself in the team and um no it was excellent to be fair cully's um he's a top manager obviously you don't you don't get double back-to-back promotion or whatever without being a top manager and obviously all the stuff that he's done in norwich and villa and stuff so um you know he knows what he's a he's a very tactical manager i think it would be the way to describe him he um he knows um he knows his stuff and he's got he brings his little whiteboard rhythm on the bench where um when he needs when he's making subs or whatever he starts writing like trying to do the yeah. opposite yeah opposition formation and showing where the space is and whatnot so no he's um and he wasn't as scared to like change formation halfway through a period like a half or whatever so um it's a very tactical manager um obviously he's worked worked unbelievably and mm-hmm. um yeah, last year of Kings in the uh, the season was um quite unbelievable to be fair because I think we were I think like obviously I wasn't there the season before, but I think the the boys and when I was got there we were top we were tipped to go down almost um in the betting in the betting lists or whatever, but ended up winning the league. So <laughs> quite quite the opposite. Um so yeah, unbelievable achievement from from everyone at Kingsland. You, you you hear quite a lot. Well, you hear it. You hear rumours of this, and I really want to get your opinion on it. We had Gary Carzer on our podcast, and now I'm listening to what you're saying about Cully as well. And I remember Gary saying, "Look, I, I actually think you know, we, me and Cully did a lot for the Paul Lambert era. Yeah, I think Paul Lambert deserves to get a lot of credit. But you speak there of of Cully's tactical nuances and details and and everything that he does. You could imagine that." he was just like he was at Kings Lynn at Norwich, right? Well, yeah, obviously, I, I don't know what he was like at Norwich because I was a lot younger at that point. I yeah. was probably only like 10, 12, whatever. Yeah, true, but, true. <laughs> but, um, but at Kings Lynn, um, no, obviously, very, very like tactical, think, thinking a lot about about the game and the formations and like what mm. we need to do and what they, to like beat them or whatever. So, no, definitely, um, definitely, the, definitely the, uh got a very good football brain and it's the brain behind um the, the king's in the king's in revolution or whatever you want to call it Not going, <laughs> going um going going up double promotion and obviously now got a big season in uh in the conference prem 
Mm, yeah, no, and absolutely, and, and, and good luck to you, matey. And a lighter question now. We've gone quite deep, but I'm going to lighten the tone a little bit now. And um, I know you are still young, but what advice would you give to really young aspiring footballers? Because there'll be them watching now. There'll be plenty of people watching this now going, God, I wish I could even just have a little taste of what Alfie's had. What were the, what are the key things that you would advise that they do? Uh, the key things. So the first one for me, without a doubt, is enjoy it. Um, if, you, if you don't enjoy it, then I, I can't. Personally, obviously, there's things you've got to do in life. But if you don't enjoy things, then personally, I don't see a, see why you should be doing it. Um, yeah. You're, you're, I think there's maybe a quote from Pelly or something that if you don't love what you do, then if you don't love if you don't love football, then you're not gonna you're not gonna make it sort of thing. It's obviously worded a bit better than that, but that was the <laughs> that was <laughs> that was the crux of the <laughs> that was the crux of the quote. Um, so yeah, firstly, definitely just enjoy enjoy your football. As honestly, for, for me, there's nothing better. I've um obviously had the experience of full time football and now dropping out of it. Um, well, even when you're there, the amount of people that you can see taking for taking it for granted, playing football every day, is is, is ridiculous, really. And now that now that I've dropped out of it, I mean, I enjoyed it every day, but now I'm just thinking, oh, I wish I could be back playing full time football. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So um, yeah, honestly, just enjoy playing your football. And then the other thing I'd say is just like work hard and just just play as much as possible. Like there used to be days when nobody's watching. I'm just at home on my own, but I'd go in the garden, get a ball, and start kicking kicking it against the wall or I've got like some little things in my garden for football like a little bounce board and stuff so even even from young I just used to always go out and just play football I think I used to go out with my dad and my mom and just like kick balls my weaker foot and stuff it's just yeah. there's, there's there's no secret to it the, the two things that you got to do are practice and enjoy it and I think I think they're the, they're the two key points that I'd, I'd say to anyone because obviously it's quite cliche that practice makes perfect the more you practice the better you get or anything so um it's no secret really <laughs> yeah no 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 100 percent. and alfie like almost the last question now yeah, nice. but i want you to i want you to answer it truthfully like give oh. me the full truth okay well, you're looking to stitch me up or something <laughs> no, no, no i'm not no no, no i'm not I, I want, like what is what is your ambition for the future like where do you want to go and also how far do you think you can go yeah, so obviously that that's a that's a tough question. Where I want to go is I, I want to go to Barcelona, like Max or Max had the opportunity or whatever. <laughs> with Max and with Finn. Yeah. <laughs> so I've no secret there. Like I want to play at the at the highest level possible. Um, whether that's possible, obviously, is is a different story. But um, no, for me, obviously, I've just dropped out of dropped out of Norwich. It's the first like major disappointment I've had or whatever. So. Um, it's obviously tough to take, but I think I've I'm past that now, and I appreciate that I'm gonna gonna have to do it the hard way now in a way because I'm not gonna be able to go straight through straight through the ranks at Norwich and then whatever. Yeah. Have to do it the hard way, but um, for me personally, I've I've still not given up on the dream of um of being a professional footballer or whatever. Um, obviously it's a game of opinions. For Norwich, I wasn't the right person, but um, you never know. A couple of years time, I might be the right person for somebody else. So um. Right now, I've not given up on the on the dream of football. Obviously, I'm not deluded. If it, I'm not going to pursue being a footballer forever. If it if it doesn't work out, you know what I mean. It comes it comes a time where you've got to look at other things. Like I've been doing some education stuff over lockdown, so I'm still like planning for planning for other things. But for me, right now, my my main 100 percent focus is definitely still football. I, I want to be a footballer. 
hopefully it happens but um if it like if it does then it's, it's all i could ask for like but if it doesn't then at least i can know i've got no regrets that i've, I've given it the best go that I've, I've given it the best go i possibly could sort of thing um yeah it sounds a bit soppy or whatever people are gonna be thinking oh shut up but nah. no no, no, no and you know what alfie you know what i hope right let, let, let's try and transport ourselves forwards now the year is 2031 okay and i, I hope I hope someone clips this up and shows it when you've made it. At the <laughs> I I blew and hope so. I, I want to know. <laughs> but now, I, I think it could happen, mate. I, I absolutely believe, and I'm sure lots of people will. And look, uh, last yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, oh, no, sorry. Good. So obviously, I was just going to say, like, within myself, I, I believe in myself, and I've seen players which are playing at high levels, championship, even like some of the prem that I've played against, and um. I, I would never say that I was far off it. So I definitely think it's fine margins. Um, I appreciate I'm going to have to do it the hard way now, but hopefully um, hopefully it'll work out. But people have done it the hard way. They have exactly. done it the hard way. It, it so is possible. It's, hard, it's the hard way for a reason, but it is possible. We are all behind you, mate. And and I'm sure every single Norwich fan that's watching and listening to this now will be like, come on, Alfie. And they'll, they'll <laughs> be absolutely loving you. And, and speaking of the Norwich fans, I know that there was only a, a bench warming moment for you, but... Have you got a message for the Norwich fans? Are you going to be back one day? Am I going to be back one day? I'd love to be, obviously. I quit there's no denying that. Um, if I am, then then I'll be happy. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Good man, good man. That's what I like to hear. And um, well, that's it. So, Alfie, thank you very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for getting me on. Hopefully, it wasn't too too boring for the. For the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, mate. I bet you loads of. I bet you lo we'll get loads of tweets from this, um, and and everyone. Make sure you go and follow Alfie on social media as well. He's an absolute top man, real good guy. And we we are supportive of good humans here. And for everyone listening and watching right now, thank you so much. Don't forget, we are almost at twenty thousand subscribers on YouTube. And if you are listening on iTunes right now, don't forget to give us a five star review. Don't you dare give us a four star. Thank you very much, Alfie. There's only one thing left to say. What's that? On the ball city. <laughs> Come on.